Hello and welcome into the Sports Plus Podcast. I'm Corey Miller here with Frank Cusimano. It's been a little while. We were off in December and part of November, but we are back now. And there's no shortage of things to talk about. Uh, we got to kick things off the Blues, who are currently sitting in that first spot in the Central Division. They've really only been hampered by injuries and COVID when it's popped up again. Dominating Winter Classic performance on uh, New Year's Day. And Frank, one of the biggest reasons for their success, you've tweeted a lot about it, is a guy that most of us probably thought wouldn't be here at all for any of this success, Vladimir Tarasenko. It's been a wild story of a, a turnaround when uh, he looked like he was headed out of town and now he looks like the old Vladdy again. It's amazing, Corey. It's the best trade never made. No one, I mean, no one, probably not even Doug Armstrong's wife, thought that he was going to be a member of the organization this year. And he's not only a member, but he's their leading point getter. He's got an unbelievable attitude. He's playing on this line with, you know, with Robert Thomas and with Jordan Cairo. It's just, you know, it's just so perfect because Cairo likes to do everything. Thomas likes to pass it. Tarasenko likes to shoot it. The chemistry is just spectacular. It's, it's been one of the stories of the year. The, another story has been the balance and depth of the team. It's been tested a whole lot. We've already had a bunch of guys come up that I'm sure a lot of people had never heard of before. Charlie Lindgren uh, had a nice little stretch there in goal. Just how much credit do you give Doug Armstrong for building this team to take the hits they've taken and, and still be competitive? Yeah, I think he's the smartest guy in the room. I, I really do. I mean, you think of these trades, you know, whether it's Shen or whether it's O'Reilly. Uh, the fault deals working out well. I mean, it, he hasn't lost many trades. He doesn't have many bad contracts. I'll tell you, I'm, I can't think of a better sports executive we've had in our town. He's one of the best we've ever had. A lot of blues excitement in town for sure right now. Let's shift gears a little bit. Our college hoops teams that we cover as a collective, not nearly as impressive this year as they were maybe this time last year, but there's still some intrigue. But Frank, uh, I, just how bad is it? for Mizzou right now I can barely tune in to watch a game it, it, it seems like there's almost no hope at this point yeah it's it's not just you're losing games but you're losing by you know 27 and 37 and 25 I mean, I, you look they're playing great teams the schedule is brutal the conference is, is is really insanely good but boy when you look at some of those scores it is it's it is kind of embarrassing Good thing they've got uh, the Mizzou women to watch, though, who are really, really good and beat number one South Carolina the other day and somehow still aren't ranked. So hopefully that changes. They've got a really good team. Let's talk about SLU, though, now. They've had some flashes where they look like they could make some noise. Now, I need an unbiased opinion of, of what you think uh, this team really is going to be, Frank. You're saying, wait a minute, you're asking for an unbiased view on? SLU. Me, unbiased? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, Corey, they had these heartbreaking games in December at home that they led in the second half. It was a common denominator of every game. They, they, they led Auburn by 13 with nine minutes to go. They led UAB. They led Belmont. Those would have been decent victories. The Auburn victory would have been a really good victory. Um, I just think they had a little trouble adjusting to life without a closer in Javante Perkins, who, oh, by the way, I think, will be a Billiken next season. So um, they, they probably put themselves in a predicament where they're going to have to win the conference tournament or have an incredible regular season to get in. But, boy, you just can't lose those, those games at home like they did. 
And Illinois, they've been coming on as of late as well after a start that probably wasn't as great as a lot of Illini fans would have wanted it to be. But there's just too many weapons on that team watching the bragging rights game. It seemed like, okay, if this guy doesn't want to do it, oh, they could just turn to this other guy. Oh, Corbello's out. He's not even playing. Uh, it just seems like they got too many weapons uh, to be worried about. Oh, I think, uh, Corey, that that collection of shooters around Kofi Coburn is like the best Illinois ever had. And believe me, they had better teams, like the team that went to the Final Four with, with D. Brown was, was better. But in terms of just shooting the basketball, the range they have, the way they can spread out a floor is as good as I've seen in a long time in Champaign. They uh, put the hurting on Mizzou there at uh, at bragging rights, and uh, everybody, everybody, uh, the Illini partial crowd definitely made it known. Uh, they're they're going to be one to watch for sure. Let's uh, last thing we got to talk some baseball because we are in St. Louis. Although we're still in a lockout, haven't heard much lately, and there's not a whole lot of uh, reason to think that this is not going to be drug out until maybe into spring training even. Uh, but uh, the Cardinals talk never ceases. They got Steven Matz. We haven't had a podcast in a while. When baseball does resume and they can actually do some things, what's maybe the one thing that you want John Moselock to do ahead of the season? If he could only pick one thing. Well, I still want him to kick the tires on a hitter. And I just don't think that his offseason should be finished, you know, with, with picking up one starting pitcher. I mean, for a long time, this offense struggled, and now there is going to be DH, well, about 99% certain. I, I don't know if I want, you know, Lars Nupar to be the guy with 600 at-bats and say, go beat the Dodgers. You know, I, I think he's a nice player. He's a good fourth outfielder. And I think, you know, Nolan Gorman's a good player, but I'm not sure if, this, at, if at this stage of his career – he helps you beat the Dodgers and the Braves. And that's what you should be trying to do, not just beat the Brewers, but beat the best team in the National League. And this offense needs another weapon. There's definitely still uh, a number of names still out there, including Trevor Story and uh, Kyle Schwarber when we're talking DH that I, I think could be pretty interesting. And they got, they're going to have to replace some guys in the back end of that bullpen as well. So I don't think uh, John Mosellock's work is done, uh, but – what, what do you think about – I think we're going to go into spring training with lockout because I don't think they're anywhere close. I mean, we're going to have a season because there's too much money at stake, especially after what they've probably lost the last year or two. Uh, but this is going to go on for a while still. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, like spring training, nobody's making any money. So that's – that's there's not going to be a sense of urgency. But maybe late in spring training as we get closer to the regular season – when the players have a chance to lose a lot of money, the owners have a chance to lose a lot of money. I'd say like a mid spring training where that would be the time where both sides probably come to some type of accord. And that is depressing. <laughs> it is. Isn't it? That will do it for this episode of the sports plus podcast. Be sure to download and subscribe as well as rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great week, everybody. Mm-hmm.